Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at OSH.com. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Even as COVID killed hundreds of thousands of people, another of humanity's familiar foes, influenza, was absolutely flatlined by the social distancing measures that have been in effect around the country. Confirmed flu cases fell 99%. 99%. We basically did not have flu season. Now that life is normalizing in the post-vaccination world, what's that mean for the flu? Will we see a resurgence? We'll talk with an infectious disease doc. But first, KQED's Dan Brecky tells us about the disastrous situation that some Bay Area drivers have found themselves in as a result of fines for unpaid bridge tolls. That's coming up next after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Bridge tolls provide some of the revenue that keeps our infrastructure working. In an effort to get people to pay their tolls, the transit authorities have instituted pretty severe penalties for not forking over money when crossing the Bay Area's bridges. While this has been framed as a way of making sure everyone pays their fair share, a new investigation from the urban research outfit Spur makes clear that the burdens of these fines fall on lower-income neighborhoods with larger numbers of immigrants, non-English speakers, and people of color. And as it turns out, you can find people who don't have money all you want, and they still won't have the money to pay you. So the penalty scheme only generates 3% of toll revenue, even as it crushes people who are already in tough financial straits. Here to fill us in on the new report and some changes coming to the system, we're joined by KQED's Dan Brecky, who has a big story up on this topic on kqed.org. Welcome back to the show, Dan. Good morning, Alexis. So uh, tell me about sort of the basic problem here um, that that the drivers as well as uh, toll authorities are dealing with. Well, this is something that's evolved uh, pretty dramatically over the last couple of years. Um, you know, up until March 2020, uh, uh, aka before the pandemic, um, there were toll takers at all the Bay Area uh, bridges, the state-owned bridges, uh, the Golden Gate Bridge, which is a separate district, of course, is an exception to that. And, um, you know, people had the option of driving through with fast track or having their license plate captured on a fast track account and paying that way, or they could stop at the toll plaza and, and pay that way. And a lot of people did. The toll takers disappeared literally overnight. And then uh, we went to this invoice system where everybody drove through. And um, there is kind of a, a spike in the number of uh, so-called violations for not paying tolls. And one of the things that this exposed was that uh, a lot of violation notices were not getting to people who, um, you know, mm -hmm. who, at their registered uh, license plate address. And so you know, I, I think uh, the Bay Area Toll Authority, and, and uh, which is the agency that manages this system and fast track, recognized that was a problem. And they suspended violation notices, uh, I mean, violation penalties, rather, last year. So Normally, the way the system worked was if you went through and didn't pay a toll, 
you owed that $6, you'd get an invoice. If you didn't pay that in, in two weeks, you owe a $25 uh, late fee. And if you didn't pay that within 60 days, there was another $45 on top of that. So your $6 toll went to $76. That feels like kind of outrageously punitive. Um, you know, it's interesting because if you think of it as a one-off, I drove through once, okay, $76. And if you're affluent, you know, and you have your, you know, everything in order in your, in your financial life, 76 bucks. Well, okay. So you, you might bite your lip a little bit and, and pay it, but you know, there are examples of people who just in the course of a month, would rack up hundreds of dollars in, in, uh, in these fines. Uh, and, you know, I talked about one person in this article, Paul Briley, who's a guy who lives in Richmond. He's a former San Francisco resident. He goes back and forth. And uh, he found out that from 98 toll crossings that were unpaid, he owed $6,500, mm-hmm. which is, it's, it's almost impossible to comprehend. And, and that's not, you know, the only person in that boat. Uh, in fact, we were alerted to this uh, by somebody who wrote into Bay Curious, our podcast, who owed $10,000. Actually, when I talked to him, it turned out it was $15,000 for crossings on uh, another bridge. And so, you know, yes, it's outrageously punitive and it presents people who may not have an income stream with, uh, you know, just a burden that is, is something that they simply can't bear. And so, you know, there a couple of things have happened. The Bay Area Toll Authority, which is sort of a, a co-equal agency of the Metropolitan Transportation Commission, sort of recognized they had an issue here. And Spur separately was hearing about uh, hearing complaints about this uh, through uh, a member of you know a, a Spur executive who was on the MTC. This is Nick Josephowitz, right? Yes, Nick Josephowitz, exactly right. And, um, and they began taking a look at this. And with a couple of other organizations, uh, the uh, Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights of San Francisco was one, the East Bay Community Law Center is another. And these, uh, these lawyers groups have clients who are, who are trying to you know, figure out how to, how to uh, address these uh, unbelievable bills they've been presented with. And, um, and, and so Bay Area Toll Authority has actually come up with an equity action plan. Um, Nick, uh, Nick Josephowitz actually gives Therese McMillan, the general uh, manager of the MTC, lots of credit for sort of pushing in this direction. And so they have taken the first step toward, sort, toward correcting this situation where they've cut the fees from the maximum or the, the fines, the penalties from uh, a maximum of $70 to $20. Now that's, you know, that's great. However, you have to notice here that your original toll is six bucks. And if your penalty is 20 bucks on top of that, that's still more than three times what you originally owed. And if you have a bunch of these piled up, that is still, uh, that's still going to be a big bill that you're going to have to deal with. So further steps are called for. What do we know from other toll agencies around the country about how they deal with these kinds of issues? Well, the the number one thing that Spur and other folks who deal with what's generally called 
the economic justice movement, um, the number one thing they point to as a remedy and as a way to approach this is to give people options. And the number one option is having payment plans. Mm. Um, there is evidence both on the Bay Area bridges and across the country that if you give people a manageable way to pay, they will actually want to do that. They want to clear up their bill. Um, you know, lower income people are no different from higher income people in this way. They, they want to just take, take care of what they owe. Now, that's sort of, uh, that's the next task on, on the table for uh, Bay Area Toll Authority is to figure out if they can uh, put together a payment plan. I think they're pretty serious about doing that. But that's the, that's the main thing. And the other thing is to, to just not uh, create penalties at a level that uh, people simply can't pay them. So, for instance, a couple of the suggestions that are out there from SPUR and, and its uh, allied groups you know, one is an amnesty for all the uh, toll penalties that are owing right now. Uh, one is to further cut the penalties so it's no more than 50% of the toll that you you owed. So in other words, $6 mm. uh, You'd have toll. a $3 penalty. Exactly right. Things like that. And, um, and to cap penalties, the total penalties could be no more than $100. Now, this all, these are all great ideas. And they will probably result in uh, less pain should if they're adopted. But um, you know things aren't going to move, you know, lightning fast. We're not going to see this happen overnight. Are there people who are opposed to these changes? I don't think there are people who are opposed to them, but I think there's a sense of caution that comes across from the uh, toll authority and the MTC about exactly how to do this. Uh, so, for instance, you mentioned at the top that 3% of toll revenue um, comes from these fines and fees. That doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, 3% of hundreds of millions of dollars is actually a, a substantial sum. So they wanna make sure that there are no unintended financial consequences. They also want to know, okay, so how do we administer a program like this? Do we, is, is it means tested? In other words, do we ask people to apply for it and prove their income? Now, there are precedents for this. Um, the fast track system manages the new uh, toll lanes we have in the Bay Area. And there is going to be a pilot program uh, for the, the START program, which is a, a, a program for lower tolls and, uh, and transit fares for lower income Bay Area residents. So that would be extending something like that uh, into the, uh, the bridge toll system would seem to be something that could be done or at least studied. So this is, so I don't, I didn't, I don't see, you know, clear opposition to this. Although in the past, you know, there has been a problem, you know, it used to be, um, one of the ways that uh, the, the toll bridges were bleeding money was people would leave their, those paper dealer plates on their cars and they just drive through. And then, you know, there's a camera capturing your license plate as you drive through the toll plaza. Well, you know, it's your, you know, your, uh, your, your license plate says Lithia Ford, wherever that is. And it's all over the West, by the way. And, um, um, and, and so the, uh, the MTC says they were losing $13 million a year that way. So there was a, a you know, there was a, a move a few years ago to try to crack down on this. 
um, the state move by creating a, a law that all new cars have to have a an identifiable registration mm-hmm. number or, or a temporary license plate number. And on the other hand, um, the toll authority was talking about well, we should do some, we should get really tough. You know, we should uh, talk about seizing people's cars. I don't think, I, I think they've really moved away from that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they, they are concerned because, you know, this yeah, money actually does go to notions of fairness at play here too. You know, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, you know, um, you know, some, some folks, um, I, I talked to John Goodwin, who's the, one of the spokespeople for the uh, MTC and that's exactly what he said, was that this is, you know, paying your toll is like you know, paying other public dues. It's a community effort to show we're all in this together. And some people just want to beat the system. Yeah. But uh, I think there's an agreement that those people are, you know, not a significant portion of the population. And um, you really and have designing to a system around them may. Exactly. The one we have now. We're talking about reforms to the harsh unpaid bridge toll penalties that are piling debt on low income people with KQED's Dan Brecky. We'd love to hear from you. Have you been surprised by high bridge toll fines or found yourself in in a difficult situation trying to pay them off? Call now, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can get touch on Twitter and Facebook, of course. We're at KQED Forum, or you can email your questions or your comments about this to forum at kqed.org. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more forum after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking about reforms to the harsh, unpaid bridge toll penalties that are piling debt on low-income people with KQED's Dan Brecky. We've got some uh, comments rolling in. Dan, I wanted to throw this one from uh, Susan at you. When the toll takers were there, these people likely paid their toll every time. Why then were they able to do that at one time, but when the toll takers disappeared, they decided to simply not pay any toll? You know, um, I suppose there's a, a large element of human nature there. I mean, there's no choice to stop and pay um, right there. And, um, you know, they're not seeing a bill right away, right? The way to pay has become, you know, you pay by mail, essentially. That's the way it was set up last year at the beginning of the pandemic. And so, okay, so you have to get these notices. And initially what was happening was, that uh, the toll authority, well, let's just call it Fast Track. Fast Track was sending an invoice for every individual crossing. So Mm. you would go across, uh, say, 20 times a month. That's 20 pieces of mail. So you would have to uh, figure out how to pay all those. And as I I mentioned before, there's evidence that lots of the mail wasn't getting to the people uh, who were crossing the bridge. So if somebody had... Uh, moved and not changed their vehicle registration address, 
well, they wouldn't get the mail. Um, if uh, the mail was undeliverable for some other reason, they, they wouldn't see the notices. Or sometimes people uh, would move and change their address on their driver's license and think that took, of the, took care of the uh, license plate registration, the vehicle registration rather, uh, as well, but it doesn't. And so there are lots of ways for, for people to stay in the dark. And so the, I think that's the main thing. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing. I, I'm trying to think of some other transaction we do every day, uh, you know, where it's easy if you're just, you know, like getting on BART, okay? If you have a clipper card, you just, you know, tap and you walk through and it's connected to a bank account and you don't think about it. If, um, if, everybody was just sort of allowed to walk through and pay a bill afterwards, I think you would, uh, you would find something similar where lots of, you know, the bills mm -hmm. just don't get to a lot of people. And a lot of people uh, all of a sudden will see a bill, let's say for $120 for 20 toll crossings. And they go, well, am I going to buy groceries this week or am I going right. to um, pay this toll bill? Let's uh, bring in Michael from Oakland into the conversation. Welcome. Hi. Um, uh, you partially addressed uh, my question, but I had a problem a few years ago where I was, uh, I guess I got uh, um, charged by a red light camera uh, in the peninsula, in the peninsula. I live in Oakland, so I don't find, spend much time in the peninsula. And um, uh, I didn't find out about this because like what your guest said, I, uh, when I moved, I changed my uh, address for my driver's license not realizing that even though it's the same organization, the DMV, they did not change it for the registration because I, where I come from in Ohio, they take care of those things together. Um, and, uh, and so I only found out about this like a couple years later from my insurance company because apparently there were points on my record. So I have a couple questions. Number one, do people get points on their record when they uh, don't pay these tolls? That's one question. Another is, uh, isn't the DMV negligent by not even uh, asking about when you change your address? Yeah, it kind of feels like that should like... go hand in hand, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a great, but that's <laughs> a great point, Michael. Yeah, negligent to me, and and uh, and also I didn't even know. I mean, I remember back to when I was in the peninsula for this incident, and I, I even remember uh, you know being at that intersection. I I don't even. I doubt that I even uh, missed stopping there. And when I Googled into it, I found out that a lot of people were erroneously getting charged by this mm -hmm. camera, too. But you mm -hmm. can't even have recourse if you're not notified in time and, and, and you're penalized for not responding in time, even though you're not notified from someone hey, else's fault. Michael, thanks so much for that call. Dan Bricky, I wanted to ask you about, you know, how common do we think these address issues are? I mean, I feel like now I want to, like, log into my DMV account and check to make sure that my car is registered at the right place. Well, you know, it's a little hard to say, and uh, that's not a satisfactory answer, but here, here's one of the reasons why. Um, it, it turns out that um, the data collection for these uh, toll violations is has not been very robust. So mm -hmm. there is a record of license plates that have gone through, but uh, they're not associated with people, which, uh, you know is a two-edged sword. I mean, in some ways that's good for privacy, but if you want to do a demographic study who's being affected by this, it's, uh, it's not a good thing. So there's some kind of surveying call for there, but um, you know, the, the, one of the shocking statistics that the MTC sent my way was that 
just this year, between January 1st and August 31st, there were you know, millions of toll violations uh, generated, uh, you know, more than 4 million. And there are 600,000 vehicles out there that faced referral to the DMV. So I just wanted to get back to that point from Michael. This is one way people find out here is that if you don't pay your late fee and penalty for these tolls, the next step is to, for uh, Fast Track to send that issue to either the DMV to block your, your next vehicle registration, or they'll send it to collection or both. And, um, and, and so a lot of times people are skating through thinking they've got no problem. And then all of a sudden, when they try to register their vehicle, they say, no, you, mm. you can't register because you've got this fine that you didn't pay. So it's a little similar to what Michael is talking about mm-hmm. there. In terms of DMV issues in general, I mean, there's another show for you. Alexis. Yeah, there's another show. Yeah, let's, um, let's get to Ulysses in El Cerrito. Yeah, hi. Good morning. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we sure yeah. can. Yeah, so I work in the city, and I take uh, Richmond Santa Fe Bridge to the Golden Gate Monday through Friday. And I'm so I sorry, have my Ulysses. Fast track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And I, I have my fast track attached to my vehicle, and I drive across every day, and I still get two to three toll evasions every month in the mail, hmm. saying that I evaded the toll, even though it's, it's the exact same commute with my fast track attached in the same spot. And it's just getting super frustrating to, oh, to get these toll evasions, even though I'm not evading the, the toll. I'm doing what I should be doing. Because then you have to go so back and say that. to them, right? I mean, this happened to us just recently, yeah, too, in our family. time and effort. I got to call and talk to them and try to deal with it. And it keeps it the ongoing issue. And I'm wondering why that's happening. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess uh, I'm just curious what Fast Track tells you when you contact them. Uh, most of the time they're, they're, you know, they've been fairly nice and they'll, they'll just charge me the fees and, or they'll, they'll take the fees down, but it's just ongoing. It happens every single month. Yeah. I can't so account for that. I don't, I don't know if there's a way around it or a way to, to get, to get over it, but I, you know, I've, I've even moved my fast track up on the window so that it, it wouldn't do that. And it, and it still beeps, but every time I still keep getting these toll evasion notices. Right. And in theory, you shouldn't get a toll evasion notice, even if it doesn't beep, because that um, you're, you know, you're going through and your license plate is being recorded right. and, and will be associated with that fast track account. So there should be no problem. Right. And it should come right out of your bank account. And that's the only thing I can think of. Is there are there some days when, um, you know, the, the bank account hasn't been or, or credit card or whatever it is, hasn't um, hasn't refunded your account so that there's a balance there that they can draw from. But that's speculation on my part. And I'm sure you've thought about that already. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks, Ulysses, for that call. Really, really appreciate it. I wanted to get to a comment from uh, listener Amy. Um, and this is a good one for you, Dan. Amy writes, what exactly are the bridge tolls used for? In San Diego, they quit collecting tolls on the Coronado Bridge once it was paid for. Why are the tolls needed? And I just want to combine one other uh, comment there. Zane writes, I've lived in the Bay Area for 18 years now. I can remember at least two toll price rises on the Bay Bridge. MTC promised the toll increase was temporary to pay for the construction of the new Bay Bridge. To my knowledge, the toll cost has never returned to what it was prior to the increases. Who can we hold accountable for this? The cost is getting ridiculous. So we got... Two kind of questions. One about, you know, are the tolls ever going to come back down, as was promised? And the other is, what are these tolls even used for? 
Um, well, you can thank your fellow voters for a lot of the toll increase in, increases. Um, you know, look, the we just went, we just had the birthday for the Bay Bridge, uh, November twelfth. Um, you know, it opened in nineteen thirty six, and uh, so happy eighty fifth birthday. You know, they started to, uh, collecting tolls. You used to pay tolls going both ways, by the way. The you know, you'd have to stop on your eastbound trip at that toll plaza. Uh, that ended in nineteen sixty nine. You know, um, there, there is a way in which people expect that once the bridge is paid off, where bridges are paid off, it's done. Here's a wrinkle in that, though. Those bridges need constant maintenance, right? So you have to, you know, that income is used for that as well. And for instance, there's, a, you know, an amazing amount of retrofitting going on on the Golden Gate Bridge, which is, as I said before, is not state-owned. It's a separate district. So that's what they're using their, mm -hmm. their tolls for. Um, but what, what's happened over the last uh, 30 years plus is that there have been a series of ballot measures that sort of put the proposal before the voters to take some toll money and spend it on other transportation projects. And uh, there have been three of these things, regionals, regional measures one, two, and three, and each has, uh, has created a higher level of tolls. And, um, you know, there, there have been a package of projects that go along with, or, you know, agencies that would get money that go along with each of these measures. And they've won by substantial margins. They, they have to, uh, this is actually being debated in the state Supreme Court right now, but all they have needed is a, uh, a simple majority to win, and they've, they've gotten that. So, you know, bridge tolls are going to go up. In terms of, uh, you know, going back on a promise to lower the tolls, I, you know, I would have to refresh my memory about the whole history of that. I can guarantee you, though, I think, that they're not going to go down. The one thing that would change that is if Regional Measure 3, which passed in 2018, um, is uh, overturned, then um, then you might see tolls revert to where they were before. That would be somewhat disastrous, though, because that funding stream is supposed to pay for lots of projects that people want to see, of uh, you know, uh, doing some substantial work on Highway 37 in Marin County. Uh, there are some uh, other highway projects, but a lot of that money, uh, uh, most of it, I believe, is going into transit which is going to, at least in theory, ease our uh, congestion problems. So uh, you, you need to root. I, okay, I'm making an editorial comment. You need to root for the Supreme Court to uphold that and, and for that money to, to go to the uh, projects that the voters want to see. Mm -hmm. uh, one last uh, quick suggestion for our listeners from Will in San Francisco. Hello. I was just going to say that um, you can register license plates of your vehicles with your fast track account. I have never had a missed toll violation notice since I've done that. So I know transponders don't always work, but once you register a license plate, you don't have to worry about it. Yep, that's what we just did in our house, too. Yeah. Thanks, Will, for, uh, for that suggestion. And thank you, KQED's Dan Brecky. We've been talking about reforms to the unpaid bridge toll penalties, which have been piling debt on low-income people. If you want to check out his story, it's on kqed.org. Thanks again, Dan. You're welcome, Alexis. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. 
Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Did you ever wonder what it's like to live alone, hidden in the woods, not speaking to a single soul for 30 years? Or wander the desert, uncover a hidden well, and dive to the bottom of the deepest water hole for 2,000 miles? The Snap Judgment Podcast takes you there with amazing stories told by the people who live them, with an original soundscape that drops you directly into their shoes. Snap Judgment. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.